and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and this is my co-host, Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're beginning our Florence Pugh series, where we'll be watching and reviewing movies that Florence Pugh has starred in. Uh, and the first one in our series is Fighting With My Family. Mm. You should come tonight, it'll be really fun. We don't like wrestling. How do you know if you've never been? I've never had rectal bleeding before, but I'm pretty sure I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> How about I shove her head up your ass and then we can find out? Freak! Doors open at seven! This is a biographical sports comedy drama, WWE propaganda. Directed by Stephen Merchant, who plays Hugh. Courtney's father in this film. Wow. Yeah. A director cameo. Yes, Amazing. We love Never to see, see those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cast includes Yelena Belova, The Rock, Ed from Shaun of the Dead, Cersei Lannister, Collins from Dunkirk, and Caliban. I watched this movie on Amazon. Joey, how did you watch it? I also watched it on Amazon because it was cheaper there than it was on YouTube for yeah, some reason. Yeah, for some reason. Yes, it was cheaper. Which, I mean, that's no choice okay. at all at that point. I'm just going to choose That's right. Thank to you, Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we're going to begin our analysis of this film by recapping the events uh, via the synopsis that Joey wrote. Uh, so let's get that started right now. Soraya Knight's family loves wrestling. They love it so much, they have their own wrestling company and venue. Every member wrestles, but for Soraya and her brother Zach, wrestling is more than a way of life. It is a dream. Both want to be accepted into the WWE and become world-renowned in their craft. They get their chance when Hutch Morgan, a representative of the WWE, shows up to their tiny town in England and offers them a tryout opportunity. Of the several hopefuls, only one is chosen, Soraya. Although they make her change her wrestling name, so she chooses the name Paige. Paige leaves her family behind to travel to the wild and unpredictable land of Florida for official training with the NXT program. NXT is the elite competition for WWE hopefuls. Immediately, she feels like an outsider. She is younger and smaller than the other women, who are all previously cheerleaders or models. She rejects them as amateurs, but struggles in the training. Seeing this, Morgan tries to convince her to quit. Paige goes home for Christmas with the intention of not returning. While she's there, she confronts her brother Zach, who has just become a father. He has not taken his rejection from the WWE well, and is falling into a dark spiral, very similar to his felon stepbrother, Roy. Zack starts taking bigger risks in the ring, abandons his responsibilities, and starts to pick fights in bars. With both children struggling, the family rallies, and despite their whole lives centering around the dream of wrestling for the WWE, support Paige's decision to not return. The support has the opposite effect, though, and Paige returns to Florida more determined than ever. She befriends the other female wrestlers and rises through the ranks. Right before a big competition, Morgan brings her aside and takes her to a private box. There, she meets Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who calls her family to let all of them know that Paige will be competing for the WWE Divas title in the next match. The Divas title is the highest rank a female competitor can achieve in the WWE. Overjoyed, they all celebrate, but Paige can't take the pressure. Just before the match, she's alone in the locker room, clearly distressed. Zach calls her. On the phone, her brother gives her the pep talk she needs and, she, and lets her know that she has his love and support. Paige goes on stage, faces off against AJ Lee, and wins the match, becoming the youngest Divas champion in WWE history. Then everyone lives happily ever after. The end. There we have it. The events in Fighting With My Family will begin our analysis uh, with our pros and our cons. Joey, what did you like about this movie? The family stuff, the, the, the family and Fighting With My Family, great. 
Um, the titular family. <laughs> yes, the titular family in this movie is all that stuff is extremely touching. It felt very real. And we're going to talk about that in, in depth later. Um, solid acting chops from all members of the family, even Nick Frost, who's normally a comedic actor. He was great. Um, and, but especially uh, Florence Pugh and Jack Loudon, who play the brother and sister. Uh, the story was really rewarding to watch. And although facts are stretched, it's based on real events, which gives it an extra element uh, for me. What about you? What did you like about it? I agree with the based on a true story elements. It's really cool to see that uh, a, a story this ridiculous can actually be <laughs> based in reality, is based in reality. And also um, it does justify some of the more awkward portions of the movie because it's what actually happened for like for example the name changes for page slash Soraya slash Brittany it's like yes. okay how about one name please but <laughs> yeah one name per actor please would be <laughs> yeah. very nice but it's the way that her career actually went so the, you know historically accurate so they get a pass i think this movie has good setups and payoffs there's a lot of things that come back around the things you see at the beginning that pay off in the end pushing a lot of positive messages and we'll go over that a little bit more in detail. I definitely like to see that in films where they have an opportunity to push like kind of moral ideas on you and, and do it in a good way. Uh, I think the rock came through as extremely likable as he usually does. And so yes, I enjoyed which he, I don't think cannot at this point. Right. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, I was, I, I want to praise some of the camera work in this movie because while a lot of it was just kind of standard Hollywood movie cameras, like show me the things I need to see. There were some shots that I thought were way more ambitious and, and more meaningful that this movie didn't have to have. So I, I definitely appreciated that when it came through the John Cena cameo was cool. Love to hear the. Yeah. The subtitle say John Cena theme plays. <laughs> Yes, uh, so I loved seeing him. That was cool. And I thought this movie was low-key funny. This is movie oh, it was, was funny. It wasn't, this was not a gut buster. This wasn't one that I'm going to be like, oh, you got to see it because it's funny. But it does have genuine comedic moments. I especially love how crass the family is. And uh, when Nick Frost tries to you know, cover up for when he says something <laughs> offensive by just changing the word, thinking that that would fix it. Where he's like, oh, he's been wrestling since he's had fur on his bollocks. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Ball bag. <laughs> Ball sack. Yeah. yeah, like that's the the word you use specifically is the offensive part of that. But right, right. I, I, I liked all of that. Now let's talk about cons. And I have one major con, one major problem with this movie and it's the climax the battle against aj lee i think there's a lot of problems with it and i think we're going to get into that in our overall discussion oh yeah absolutely that was i think the climax is a really good thing to focus on because it highlights so many other problems with this movie and so yeah we'll talk about that more in, in detail and one of those problems for me was there was not enough wrestling in this movie there was, a, there was several training montages. I, I At least two. I think there may have been more. And um, there wasn't enough of the like, oh, this is what makes wrestling unique. You know, it just seemed like, oh, we're doing CrossFit, you know, like <laughs> we're, we're pushing tires and running around, which is like, you know, the same thing you would do for any sort of athletic competition that required a lot of, you know, upper body and just mobility and agility. I didn't see enough of the how do you wrestle um, in this, which I totally. which I was disappointed on. And then, of course, this movie is just pure WWE propaganda. It pretends not to be, but it absolutely is. Um, and it's definitely, the whole thing is kind of pretending to be something that it's not. Um, and I think it's changes, like fundamentally, Paige's story in a way, like at least like her kind of setup um, that I think is interesting, but I don't know like how accurate it is and i don't know if it really does the real person the service it probably deserves so okay um, let's get started yeah so a lot to get into let's uh, go ahead and get started with our overall section and going into this movie i thought it was going to be super cheesy mainstream lowest common denominator type beat oh i and, totally agree yeah i mean just looking at how it looks and the fact that it's 
The Rock, he's so heavily involved. <laughs> not saying there's anything wrong with The Rock, but if I'm thinking mainstream, lowest common denominator, I mean, The Rock definitely is in that realm. I certainly didn't expect this movie to have this much heart. The characters were all lovable. The pain they felt was tangible. Their joyful moments felt earned. I didn't expect to feel so much from a family movie about wrestling. And I also really approve of a lot of the messages that this movie pushes through the actions that the characters take. Uh, And I'll go through a few of them for you. So um, what are the lessons we can learn from fighting with my family? Lesson number one, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think this is best exemplified by Paige when she returns to Florida because she finds success at NXT not by trying to compete and beat out her uh, competition, not by just going solo. She does it by supporting her competitors. They teach her something about stage presence. They show basically watching her like strut her stuff. Like she was like <laughs> learning how to strut or whatever. And she teaches them wrestling moves that um, make them better and also probably hurt page less because part of the problem is they didn't know how to not hit her so in this situation they show everybody wins because their nxt matches start to go over better with the crowd because all of them are performing and competing at a high level not just the three of madison kirsten and and jerry lynn so i thought that was i was a really positive message second lesson we can learn from fighting with my family accept others for who they are there was like if you the intro quote we had for this episode, I think maybe uh, was tempting us to be adversarial towards people who are different than us, namely people who don't appreciate wrestling, right? Because we're watching this movie, we like wrestling, right? Right. And I think you have to address what I think is a pretty common position towards wrestling is that a lot of people think it's stupid, that it's you know it's fake, right? You know that that kind of attitude. And it's probably cathartic to see a character like Paige like, talk some trash to those people. But in general, this movie takes a very welcoming and accepting position on everybody. For, exa- for example, Courtney's family, who are very uppity, quote-unquote classy. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about wrestling. And while it is funny to juxtapose them with the Knight family... The Knight family is totally welcoming and wants them to understand why they love WWE. They don't have a problem with them not knowing about it. They welcome them with open arms and want them to be a part of it. And then you see them later on. The mom says bollocks or something. And, and yeah, yeah. That, that's rude. <laughs> right. And that's like, that's fun. Same thing with Madison, Kirsten, and Jerry Lynn. At first, the movie kind of tells us we're not supposed to like them the part where she says oh my gosh i love your accent you sound like a nazi it's like okay (laughs) that was awesome like (laughs) what an american thing to say there was so much to unpack in that one quote (laughs) she says here hold on i have it written down let me pull it up i love your accent you sound like a nazi in a movie like first of all she's british not german yes second of all the only thing you know about nazis is that they're bad guys in movies right yeah, i don't so, know i mean that was just part of like the, the language of the film getting us to dislike madison kirsten and jerry lynn right but the movie doesn't let us stick or stay with that opinion of them it's like you maybe had a bad impression of them first off but the movie really wants you to understand them. And even though they may fit into something a pre-existing assumption you have about people, you should still accept them for who they are and you're stronger with them. Kind of going back to that first lesson too, is like to to, uh, unite with them instead of being adversarial. So I really like that. I mean, there's more examples of accepting people for who they are uh, throughout like the the gym as well with all the different like troubled youth that they bring in there. So that is present throughout the film. And I really enjoyed that. The third lesson we can learn from fighting with my family is be yourself. And this one's pretty like, I guess on the nose, but Paige dyes her hair and gets a spray tan and just completely (laughs) changes her look at NXT to try to, you know, 
like be more attractive and maybe fit in with the looks, competition. Looks similar to the other like females, you know, to, mm-hmm. the, to the other women competitors. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, she decides that the character she is inside the ring has to be true to who she really is. And uh, that that ends up being key to her success, or at least they try to make the argument that it's key to her success. And I approve of that message as well. And the fourth and the final lesson I'll go over for, that you can learn from Fighting with My Family is don't let your dream turn into a nightmare. And this, this is the most compelling one for me, and, and I think the most interesting one. So this is mainly taught to us by Vince Vaughn and Zach, who share an unlikely bond in this film. Vince Vaughn is a former, and I'm calling him Vince Vaughn, okay? I know his name is Hutch Vaughn. or something, but yes, he's definitely. Yeah, what a, Hutch Morgan, that's not a real name. <laughs> yes, and also, As if Vince Vaughn is a real name. <laughs> well, because when you see the, the scene where they talk to The Rock, and then Vince Vaughn is like, hey, you can't just talk to The Rock. You guys got to get over here. I was like, wait a second. If The Rock is playing The Rock, is Vince Vaughn himself? <laughs> just Vince Vaughn, too? Yeah. And he's like telling him where to go? Yes, he's just there also. <laughs> But uh, but uh, so that's who I'm referring to. Obviously, Vince Vaughn is a former WWE journeyman who used uh, who was used by the system and spit out a broken man. He wanted to become a WWE superstar so bad that he was willing to sacrifice everything to get there. He gave up time with his family and destroyed his body, and in the end, still didn't become a superstar. He was left with nothing but regret. He saw Zach headed down the same path and used his power to prevent it. Both Zach and Vince Vaughn had to cope with the fact that their dreams will never be achieved, and they show us that you can still be fulfilled without achieving your life's biggest dreams. Zach commits to being a family man, providing guidance to troubled youth in his town through teaching wrestling and supporting his sister while Vince Vaughn keeps young men like Zach from following in his footsteps while also coaching young WWE talent to become the next generation of superstars. They didn't achieve their original dreams, but they still found purpose in their lives. Oh, yeah. No, I think, like, I really like Zach's arc through this movie, right? At first, he's very excited. He, he believes in himself. He really thinks that he can do this and he has something special that's going to get him into WWE and he's certainly a very talented wrestler and he's been doing it for a long time and cares a lot about it but when he's not picked he's totally devastated and doesn't know how to handle it and he and he turns on the family he turns on his sister and he just kind of starts like going off and just you know being reckless and just trying to feel something again because he has no idea where to go and then once um Soraya comes back home once Paige comes back home and like admits to him that like he he is going through something similar to what she's going through and that he she needs his help to do this he suddenly finds renewed purpose and realizes like no sh- her being there is almost the same as me being there this is not just my dream this is our whole family's dream and i have to be part of that success as well because she can't do it on her own she has to have the support from the family and you know that's not the best example of that is right at the climax when she introduces the page turner which is a great name by the way <laughs> which is the same move as his move the zack attack uh which is like some sort of leg sweep thing and then they both land on their backs um and somebody says you st- they stole her- she stole your move she stole your move he's like no, no no i gave her that move and it's exactly right they all succeed together when they're working together and when they're not working together they're desperate and falling apart and you know distressed so i love the like that turn for him and that realization that he makes. It feels so real. It feels so like nuanced. It really like feels like something that a real family would go through, you know? And actually, like I believed every moment of that. Zach isn't acting rationally, but doesn't mean he has to be, right? He's really upset. And I and you can totally understand that. Um if you've ever had something similar like that where someone, you know, it doesn't have to be your brother, but someone similar to you achieves something that you really wanted. You know, it's it makes you feel like terrible, like you've wasted your time or like you've made some big mistake. But like, in fact, like the reason why that other person was able to succeed is in large part because you were there, too. Um, and that's what uh, Roy says too to him. Right. That's probably my favorite line in the movie is when Roy says to 
Zach, uh, you know, Soraya succeeded because she had something that I never had, which is you, Zach. And it's exactly right. Like him being there, supporting her, encouraging her, always doing what he need, what they, uh, doing things together, um, was what made her successful and made her into the person she is. And without him, she can't do it. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. I, yeah, the strongest element to this movie is the family elements. It's, they're so weird and crazy, but I could tell so quickly that they all loved each other and their dynamic was interesting, but just so solid. Um, I mean, the, all the actors have such charisma and they all like have such chemistry together that it really did feel like a real family. Um, and the problems were complex and weighty. It wasn't, this isn't like a really simple family story. There's a lot of things going on and every bit of that is earned to me. And I think that's only possible because of the really strong performances throughout the, all the members of the family. This movie made me cry a bunch of times, even though that would be surprising later as you hear what I have to say. But <laughs> this, 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 there's many moments where I was like starting to feel my eyes burn and then it, I was too much for me and I started crying. I was, uh, it, was it touched me so much. And uh, uh, Jack Loudon as Zach, um, as the brother, he is, he's so good in this, right? He uh, he has to carry all of this emotional weight, but also can't really show that because his character is supposed to be like the strong guy, you know. He's he's supposed to be kind of a man's man in a way, and so he's not supposed to show any emotion. And yet you still see it seeping through. You see how like how distressed he is, how upset he is, and you can just tell he's going to go down that same path that they hit at earlier in the movie. Um, and it becomes it's just tragic watching it happen, but it's so. It's so good because he's normally so composed and he acts so composed. He acts like he has it together, but you can tell there's something bubbling under the surface, but nobody can really put their finger on it. It's really good. Um, and then, of course, uh, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh's page is also incredible. She's the emotional heart of the movie um, and the emotional heart of the family, too. And she absolutely delivers. A role like this calls for a really wide range, right? She's supposed to be kind of a timid daughter and also like this ex exaggerated stage performer. And, but I was completely swept up by her performance and it allowed me to be swept up in the story with every emotional beat. Um, you know, I, she, like I've seen her in Black, Black Widow and, you know, some other small roles and stuff. And she totally disappears into this role. I think she's just stands out um, so, like so perfectly and fits into the story so well. Everything's written, you know, to make her seem uh, so, you know, it's like, not, not, not like so special, but like, like, like she's, uh, she's got this incredible emotional strain on her because she's got this pressure of this dream that her family wants for her and also all of this new stuff that's coming at her. So like, you know, playing that kind of um, unsure, insecure 18-year-old girl is um, like comes across really easily. And then she has to show that strength in so many different moments um, when she's standing up for to her, for, for standing up for herself or standing up to Zach or whoever, and eventually, you know, standing up in front of the whole crowd and being triumphant, all of that feels so earned, and you can you can really see so much on her face. Um, I, I was I was really impressed. Yeah, I agree. She's very emotive, especially when she's expressing nervousness or anxiety. My shoulders tensed up so much. <laughs> Yeah. Each time she froze up in the ring, the way she's able to convey that kind of the feeling of freezing up is unbearable. So oh, yeah. I really <laughs> I think she really did well there. And she had some very convincing tears in the airport when she was saying goodbye to the whole gang. And another thing that I couldn't get I couldn't find any concrete evidence on this, but I know that she did at least some of her own stunts in this movie. Oh, there are really? times where it's it's definitely her jumping up in the air and using both feet to kick somebody and then landing on you know f stomach first on on the mat. So it's it is cool. I I do know that she had a stunt double who like fun fact also has like a background in WWE, but cool. she. She, I, I thought she did a, a good job of putting her body on the line, and I, I can respect that because for... I, I don't want to make any assumptions about Florence Pugh, but looking at some of her other roles, you could look at her as like kind of a frou-frou like Hollywood actress who wouldn't want to get her hands dirty, but she very much, uh, like I said, put her body on the line for this role, and I can, I can yeah. respect that. 
there's a lot of commitment from all of our actors in here, but especially from her. I, you know, I think she's, she very much makes herself into Paige and it, it really feels real. Um, and I really enjoy that. I, I was thinking about the stunts throughout this whole movie, just how funny it is that like wrestling fakes their stunts and movies fake their stunts. Right. So they have to fake a stunt, like, but make it look like it's a, but make it look like it's a wrestling stunt, you know, it's like a fake stunt, you know, <laughs> instead of like, and then there were real stunts, right? There were actual fights that break out in the movie, which, you know, aren't real either. Right. <laughs> so like that, how do you, how do you go from like, okay, this has to look more real than this one, but less real than this one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Like breaking that pool stick now that or yeah. pool cue over that guy. That's real. But when right. she does the uh, page turner, that's, not real but it's kind well, like, of it's supposed to look real though <laughs> when she when that one when the, uh, I, I remember when it was kirsten i think like elbows her in the nose right the first time like it's it's actually she does actually elbow her in the nose <laughs> but it, it looks just like she didn't elbow her in the nose it's <laughs> uh, funny <laughs> anyway so the biggest problem with this movie is the climax at the end Paige goes out on stage to wrestle aj lee but when aj starts the smack talk Paige just freezes. She stands there, clearly terrified. And then the match starts and they start wrestling. This happens one other time. Paige goes on stage and during the verbal spat part of the competition, she completely locks down. She grips the microphone but can only let out shaky breaths. The crowd turns on her and with heckles and yells, her eyes wide dart around the stadium, frightened. What am I supposed to make out of this? And maybe you have a good answer for me because I definitely don't. <laughs> you're, looking, you're looking like her on stage right i now. don't have it no i i'm i'm with you on on this so far okay so first of all Paige is a wrestler she has been wrestling for half a decade by the time she enters the wwe she grew up on it she dreamed about it her family is obsessed with it and yet when the time comes she freezes Paige is not often at a loss for words. She responds to all sorts of jeers and rude comments in her normal life. She's not afraid to be confrontational uh, or to stand up for herself. And yet when the time comes, she freezes. Paige has been training super, super hard with a bunch of other professional wrestlers. And she is good. Uh, at first she struggles, but later she rallies and is clearly more experienced and professional than the other girls in the program. They even briefly practice doing promos and talking like wrestlers. And yet... When the time comes, she freezes. Paige knows wrestling. She's steadfast and confident, a confident young woman. And she has been trained for this kind of moment for her whole life. So why does she freeze in this moment? It's, it's so strange, right? But it's also clearly supposed to mean something. I think the answer is something along the lines of being so close to your goal and then the, the fear of messing it up at the last minute causes extreme anxiety, uh, which is fine. But in the moment while watching the scene for the first time, this comes across as unprofessional, as in she has not been properly prepared for this moment. And I have to ask, how, how is that possible? <laughs> I think the failure to convey this moment properly calls out a lot of the movie in question. Did Paige actually want to wrestle or is this the fulfillment of her family's dream, right? That's something that they do directly acknowledge. Like, what is going on at the training if they aren't teaching their wrestlers how to act under pressure? I mean, what the hell? What is, how is this supposed, how is it possible that these other girls, the models and cheerleaders, have gotten this far without knowing a single thing about wrestling? They don't know how to act in the ring. They don't know even a single move. I just don't buy it. <laughs> Instead of montages of them practicing various wrestling moves and ex explanations of how different tricks work, it's mostly a sexy workout montage. They're running on the beach, pushing tires, flicking ropes, you know, CrossFit shit. I need to see more. This is how you make a killer, you know, stuff like this is how you make a killer entrance. Uh, this is how you fake a punch. This is how you act when you're defeated explorations of different gimmicks the fleshing out of various characters that sort of stuff you know the stuff that makes wrestling interesting and different than other things no totally like 
Yeah, like having those, like the things you're saying right now feel so obvious to me because we're, <laughs> we're calling this movie WWE propaganda and it really is, but you can do such a better job of convincing people that wrestling is real by showing them what wrestling really is. Yes. These things, all these aspects that you're bringing up are key to why people who love WWE love WWE. Yes. And this movie just kind of leaves that out and like you said, treats it like a diff- like any other sport. Right. It's not like wrestling is very unique, right? And it holds a very interesting like place in our culture, which I think we'll get into more when we talk about kayfabe. But like this is not it's not really a sport. It has sport-like elements, but there are it's actually more like a drama, right? For that reason, it's much more appealing to someone like me who's not a huge fan of sports because they kind of distill the reality into something entertaining, right? If you're a professional boxer or like a ba- like a basketball player or a baseball player or something like that, if you're the best at that thing, that means you never lose. But if you're the best wrestler, that doesn't mean you never lose. It means you're the most entertaining, which is distinctly different, right? Because that means like every win is like on the line, you know, like, oh man, is he going to be able to pull this off, right? In in other sports, Sometimes winning is messy, it looks disgusting, or it's boring, right? It's like, okay, well, now they're going to win, and now I don't have to watch anymore. That's, that is unacceptable in the world of wrestling, especially at this level, right? They need to be, like, only if you're going to set up something bigger later are you allowed to do something like that. Like that, because it's always got to have that payoff. There's always got to be that emotional arc in the story involved in each match. And so simply being like, I am very strong, is not good enough, right? Zach is very strong, but he doesn't have whatever it is that Paige has. You have to be interesting, and that's something that you can teach, actually, believe it or not. Like, it's not just like you, oh, you have a lot of stage presence or charisma. I believe that's something that you can hone, and like, that's a talent you may start with, but you can like develop and create into a personality, into a exaggerated presence, right? which is something that I'm sure the WWE does all the time and does better than almost anything else. Right. And um, <laughs> I thought they were going to get into this. I thought for sure they were going to get into this, especially when they had this scene where Vince Vaughn talks to them about how they should use the microphone. And we'll yes. listen to that right now. Good morning, wrestling nerds. Good morning, Welcome to promo class. Now, as you all know, wrestling is storytelling. It is soap opera and spandex. Good versus evil, babyface versus heel. We do a lot of our storytelling in the ring with wrestling, but equally as important, you must be able to storytell on the mic. This is an essential part of being able to get over with the fans. This is your opportunity to let them know who you are. Tell them what you're about. The WWE can put you on the main roster, but only the fans can keep you there. Who wants to go first? So Vince Vaughn calls storytelling on the mic an essential part of getting over with the fans. And I think it's very true. I'm like, Vince Vaughn gets it. Vince Vaughn understands yeah. wrestling. And Everything he says there, I completely agree with, right? It makes perfect sense. Right. And I think it's a powerful message, you know, as WWE propaganda, but also like for, you know, your normal life, you know, it's like, you got to, you got to make sure you got to understand how you're perceived and you got to make that, you got to make that into something people like, right? And like the the when he says like only that you know, we could take you this so far but only you can win the fans over is a really good message that I really like and I wish I had more yes of, in this movie to go on well, because <laughs> when he said that I'm like oh my gosh this is gonna be the best part because what I love yes. about wrestling is the undeniable appeal that the best wrestlers have John Cena. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like these are guys that you put in front of an audience and they can't help but love them. They just have yes. that it factor and the what we're supposed to believe sets Paige apart from her brother Zach is that she has that it factor. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see how they achieve that. How they come across with the thing that Paige does." And Florence Pugh is certainly a capable actress. Maybe we're going to get real magic that they're going to have to sell her to us. I, I, it makes me think of a movie like 8 Mile where you have 
you know, a huge part of that movie is rap battles. And you can't have whack bars in a movie no. about <laughs> rapping. You have to have fire. And they do. I and You can listen to our podcast about 8 Mile, but I believe that they come through with that in 8 Mile, where you can listen to that and be legitimately impressed by the technique and the lyrics in the freestyle rapping. It's important that that's diegetic, right? It's important that it's part of the story, right? Because otherwise, if they say, oh, and then they rapped really good, you're not going <laughs> to, you know, you're not going to believe it. You're like, there's like what? A, a I watch this rap montage. movie for the raps. There's yeah, like yeah. a montage is, of like hip hop and it's like you don't hear any lyrics, just slow motion them like waving their arms and holding a microphone and dudes in the background like nodding in approval. <laughs> <laughs> you're joking, but that's what happens in this movie. That's what this is. There's montages of them learning how to speak better you know which is just like the same type of thing that's and so it'll, funny but we'll have a title card that says and then she learned how to speak on the mic you know <laughs> yes yeah i mean in this movie page absolutely doesn't have to do any storytelling to get over with the fans we've been following her the entire time and we're like personally i was unsure of why i should be rooting for her to win over aj lee Okay, sure. and we've seen all the behind the scenes stuff. Paige wins the fight, and the audience is impressed by her fighting performance alone. She wins them over by winning when it should be the other way around. She should have had to win the audience over, and their support would have been the thing that helps her achieve the win. Having Paige find herself in the ring would have been much more satisfying than simply seeing her overpower this woman. Right. I, I love watching wrestling action as much as the next guy, right? But in my opinion, WWE truly shines when the story is allowed to be the spotlight. And this climactic scene fails to bring that aspect. Absolutely. And like, uh, there's so much you could do with this, right? You, could, you can play up the like timid freshman thing, right? You could be like, oh my gosh. Like I'm so like I'm so nervous to be here and to be in front of you, AJ Lee. You know, you're one of my heroes. You have the Divas Championship for longer than anybody else, right? And I'm so excited just to be here. It's such an honor just to be here. And then when AJ Lee slaps her, you know, it's like ah. Oh. And then she says, you know what? Like, even though I have all this respect for you, like I still have to stand up for myself. And I'm gonna like prove to you that I like there's a new guard in town, and, and I'm gonna take this like and prove to you that you have to treat like. Everyone with respect, or I don't know, something right, like that. Yeah, like right, yeah, like you've, AJ Lee, you've had the title too long. You don't care about the fans anymore. You only care right. about yourself. Like, I'm here to represent the outsiders, the weirdos, the downtrodden. Like, exactly. She, she could. It's so easy. It's right there on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> Especially because, again, if we're trying to make this WWE propaganda, show us WWE. That's what actually, <laughs> like, this is exactly what happens in actual yes. fights. Like, no, it's awesome. Uh, That's like. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that's the thing, right? That's the thing you learn the more like like stuff like this you watch is the actual event is only made good by the buildup, right? The more time you spend promoting it, the more times you talk about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, the better it is when it happens, right? If they just go out there and like, okay, we're going to have a wrestling match and then they wrestle, it's boring, right? It doesn't matter how good the choreography is or like, you know, how impressive the moves are or whatever, right? It's so much better. It's elevated so much by the emotional weight that goes behind it, right? Again, it's so ironic because this movie has emotional weight. There's a lot. I felt deeply while I was watching this movie. And yet they can't show that on the stage, right? They're able to tell a story in the movie, but they aren't able to tell the story within the story. Why is that? It baffles me. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's a complete miss because you could have spent so much more time on her developing that character because being able to figure out who she was instantly after the win felt like it came completely out of the blue right? instead of out of as some part of a process that she was completing. Yeah, and like I, I'm, I'm just confused about like the, like the, the technical aspect of this, right? Was she supposed to win that? Right, or was yeah. that an accident? Right? Yeah. Did she you know, legitimately like, beat this woman up? Or was right. that scripted? Right? right. Because there's usually, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I assume that's part of how it works is that there's a story that's meant to be told and there's, then they play. Right, right. There's like, there's, I know there's improvision and stuff, right? And right. I know sometimes like events don't play out the way they're supposed to. But like, the, her winning that match first of all her winning the match doesn't signify anything right but se se like second of all 
was she supposed to? Was that part of the story, right? And really, like, what did she really do to earn that title ship, like title match, right? Like, she just kind of showed up. I know she's like a rising star and stuff. And sometimes, you know, they do stuff like that. Like, oh, the the current champion is so arrogant. They'll challenge anybody for, you know, for the talent. But you don't really get a lot of that, right? AJ Lee shows up in the fourth act of this (laughs) three-act movie. (laughs) And then she's defeated. You're like, "Uh, great. I guess guess Paige is great, you know? Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, build up AJ Lee also. Give us a reason to want her to win. Like, it would be cool if AJ Lee showed up in, like, NXT and was like, like, none of you will ever be stars, especially not you, gothic girl, and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, we have to defeat her. That's the other thing, too, right, is that, like you know, wrestling has like a scripted elements to it, but there is a lot of improvision and there's a lot of stuff that's based in reality. You know, NXT, we just did a little bit of research about it, is like sort of a reality show in a tangent to it, which is meant to build up these characters, right? So that when they are fighting, there's a, there's a lot of this history. There's a lot of complex emotion and, you know, a complex like relationships that's going on, right? That's the thing that makes like longtime wrestling fans like really loved it because you follow it for a long time like oh man these two people are fighting they have so much history they fought all these times before they were friends now they're enemies now they're friends again you know one of the guys slept with the other guy's wife that sort of stuff really happens it's crazy there there's this great um radio lab episode about wrestling it's called um the la mancha screw job it's probably my favorite podcast episodes ever it's i've listened to it i don't know how many times wow they talk about kayfabe they talk about wrestling and stuff and one of the examples they give is these two guys that um the one guy stole the other guy's wife like he slept with the other guy's wife and now she's with him and now they have to fight each other in the match and it's like okay (laughs) how much of this is real right now because some of it is like i like there's no way like I'm like a big strong guy who's like known for beating people up and there's another guy over there who's stole my wife how am I not trying to beat that guy up you right, know right. like I like and but he has to keep him safe right he has to play out the rules and make sure that he is he doesn't actually injure him and yet make it seem like he's actually injuring him and hurting him right <laughs> it's it's mind blowing that sort of stuff is possible in the medium of wrestling and WWE and the depth to that is awesome and you don't get any of that in this movie (laughs) it's yeah it's baffling it really is baffling especially because maybe they don't want to reveal the secret sauce but i would love to know how they are able to pull that off with such regularity the things that they look for um and again this quote from vince vaughn felt like we were opening that door and it got me really excited and then never it didn't really come up again did you ever watch uh, that Netflix show Glow? No. The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's got Allison Brie and um, I keep wanting to call him Sam Cedar, but Mark Marin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a uh, it's about this small like wrestling company that got started I think in the eighties that was all female and it was like it was like a kind of cult classic kind of thing where um, guy basically started it and he was sort of a crazy person and then. It became really popular, and then I think it eventually fell apart. Um, and it's it's a fictionalized story about real events, um, similar to how wrestling is. And they go into all the detail, like how do you pull off a trick like this? How do you learn um, how it works? Right? They start out with a bunch of people who have no idea how wrestling works, and they go through each little thing and talk about, you know, this is your character, this is how you play it up, whatever. Um, and it was it's so cool because there's all this emotion. You know, it's, it's sort of a reality show, right? There's sort of all this emotion between the characters, and there's all this emotion in the in the ring as well. And like the, that double layer to that is really cool. So I was, I really like that show. I think they do a great job of showing the drama without ruining the mystique of wrestling. You know, and I think that this movie absolutely had the opportunity to ride that line even better, um, especially when they have the backing of the rock and wwe you know totally yeah Yeah. and well and speaking of the rock there's a great quote from him in this movie which again kind of gets into this idea and i think this will lead us into our discussion about kayfabe um that easily could have gone off into uh, building a superstar in the wwe um let's listen to that what are your names again my name it doesn't matter what your names are 
You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years? You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist? Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want, what you want. How about what the rock wants? The rock wants you to go out there and take no prisoners, have no regrets, have no fear. Lay it all out on the line. Because if you don't do that, The Rock is going to find your friend, Mary Poppins. He's going to take her umbrella. Yeah, he's going to shine it up real nice. He's going to turn that something sideways and stick it straight up your candy asses. There's your advice. Straight out of the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, entertaining the globe, never hotter, talking to two rejects from Harry Potter. So that's how you went over the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Even though this crazy wrestling world is a fictionalized world, the fans know a thousand percent if you're not being real, right? That guy just now, that was The Rock. The Rock is me, Dwayne Johnson, just with the volume turned way up, the treble adjusted, the bass, same guy. So don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. So I love this quote from The Rock. We're, we're getting, I mean, this scene was definitely in the promos for this movie it's yeah. it's gold it's it's gold but the rock basically does everything except say the word kayfabe when he's explaining kind of the the fantasy world that wrestling takes place in and so i, I want to go over like a definition of kayfabe that i've kind of sourced from a couple different places on the internet as i understand it and then we can use this as like a way to open up a broader discussion about what wrestling is so kayfabe is a word that's used to describe wrestling and it's the blending of fantasy and reality within the world of a wrestling show the world and state of mind that you enter when you're watching wrestling it houses the actors who play characters uh that are in a way more real than for instance a character like keanu reeves as john wick because in wrestling the characters can interact with you in the audience it's an agreement between the performers and the audience to treat the action as real to allow for a unique form of entertainment. Wrestling isn't real, but kayfabe is. Okay, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, it's sort of like a really extreme version of suspension of disbelief, right? Not that you're suspending your dis disbelief so much, but like that you are suspending your disbelief to the point where you are interacting directly with the content right and you are supporting and building the myth of the characters in your own life by saying wow that was awesome that was cool or whatever right part of kayfabe is never talking about kayfabe never admitting that it's fake or whatever you can you can kind of say that to yourself but that's not the point right it's the way i, I understand it is like if you went to a movie and you said and something cool happened, right? And and somebody was like, "Hey, that's not real. They didn't really do that." It's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> shut up. John Wick didn't really kill that guy. Yeah, that guy didn't really die. He's acting. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this, man? That you know, that's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah. But like, kayfabe is really interesting to me, and it's all. It feels like such a human thing to me like it feels like one of the most interesting things that we can do because we can imagine things abstractly interact directly with fictional ideas and create new worlds right i like it feels like such an interesting part of our culture and you can see it in so many other places once you know where to look it's not just wrestling wrestling is the best example of it but there are lots of other places that do it well um so i I'm just a huge fan. I think it's really, really cool. And it it feels like something that we as people and in our culture are unique to do, right? Not just like Americans, but just humans in general. Yeah, and um, I, I totally agree. It, it, wrestling is not the only place that the concept of, I mean, it's not called kayfabe, I guess, in other places, but it is essentially the same thing. And a really big example of this is rapping. Uh, hip-hop rappers yes. have personas that they embody and a lot of these rappers claim to or they, they don't just claim they confess to, to a lot of crimes <laughs> yes some of them are real don't get me wrong the the um mf doom song uh 
rap snitches is what it's called. Or, no, no, no. It's rap snitch knitches, uh, which is a song about rappers going in the court and being their own star witness, like basically <laughs> confessing to all these crimes and then actually going to prison because of, like people they use they their rap real. songs as evidence. Yes, it, which is there's a whole another discussion to be had on the legality of lyrics, but. There are also rappers like Rick Ross, whose rap persona is completely a character. And um, but because he plays his character so well, and he he provides such entertainment value, he's treated as a real drug kingpin, even though he used to be a police officer. <laughs> because his entertainment is so good, his entertainment, his performance comes through in such an authentic way that. Even other rappers who did sell drugs, who they rap, the things they're saying that are similar to Rick Ross are actually real, they respect him because they respect the performance that he's putting on, you know? And a lot of these rappers, like, maybe it's not that it's inauthentic, they're just completely lying, but it's like they're rapping, saying they did something that someone they know did or something in their community that happened. So it's still coming from an authentic place, but it's not literally them. But you allow yourself to believe it because that makes the art that much more enjoyable. So it, this is not the only place that this comes through. And people who think like that wrestling is corny and then maybe this idea is corny, that maybe you should check some of the things that you're <laughs> believing in as far as kayfabe goes because <laughs> you might already be doing this. I think wrestling gets an, a reputation for being exaggerated. But I was just listening to um, Jenny Nicholson's review of Dear Evan Hansen and her comparison between the recently released movie and the long-running Broadway production. And she talks about the difference between acting on a stage and acting in a movie. And I think it's, really, it's a really important distinction to make because when you are acting in a movie, you can be a lot more subtle, right? You can be like, okay, well, you know, tiny movements in my mouth or anything will be picked up on because your face is large, a lot of times being projected <laughs> onto something that's bigger than your head, right? Not true for Broadway, right? If you're on stage, you have to really exaggerate, not just your facial expressions, but your body language in general, because people can't see you. You're tiny when you're on the stage, especially for most of the people. Unless you're in the second or first row, you can't tell how that actor's feeling unless they exaggerate their, their expressions. Wrestling is exactly the same way. They, they're broadcast onto TVs and everything, so you know that picks up. But when they're on stage in front of 15,000 people, they have to exaggerate in order for people there to see, know what they're, how they're feeling because that's the only way that something like that works. So again, like, there's, it's, it is like, funny and, kind, and it has like, kind of corny elements to it, but all of that plays into it. All of that's on purpose to greater sell the message. Um, and yeah, again, I don't think anybody does it better than they do. Uh, it's it's awesome. Right. Um, a lot of my... It's, it's interesting sometimes when the things that we're analyzing cross with some of the other content I've been consuming. Um, a yeah. lot... Like, I didn't even know what Kayfabe was until recently when I watched this uh, two-part series on YouTube by this creator named FD Signifier. He, he did a deep dive on who Kanye West is and his basically his career. Uh, I'll link to it in the description of this episode. I, I think it's worth anybody's time, not just Kanye West fans, not just wrestling fans, because one of the things he does is he uses wrestling as kind of a parallel to rappers and specifically Kanye West to talk about about when Kanye has been a baby face and when Kanye has been a heel and right. the Kate, like when he's doing kayfabe and when he breaks kayfabe and it's just a really interesting perspective on it. And, um, it, it's just sticking to kayfabe specifically. It is such a unique form of, uh, interaction with the content that we consume. Um, and I think it's really cool. Yeah, it definitely is. Right, there's one other thing. This is kind of related, but the other thing that it's like true about wrestling is that like a lot of things are based in reality, right? This movie is based on a true story, but did you know that this movie was basically okay? So they're making a documentary about Paige and her family called uh, "The Wrestlers Fighting with My Family," um, and one of the producers or directors on that movie was Stephen Merchant, and he was filming in London, and The Rock just happened to be in London filming. Fast and Furious 6, found out about this story and was like, hey, I will help you produce this and make this into a full-fledged biopic. So, like, the story of this movie is sort of like... You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, he, he's like, he, like, took a real story and then 
WWE'd it into a fully fledged, you know, motion <laughs> motion fixture. This was cross woven like right. tapestry like, of storytelling. He, and he plays a critical role in the story, not like as a cameo, you know, coming in and inspiring the characters the same way that he does for the director of the movie. Yeah. Uh I don't know. <laughs> Your brain starts to melt a little bit when you start thinking about Oh my uh. gosh. Okay, I got one more thing I want to talk about, which is this movie pretends to be something that it's not. This is, I feel like this is yeah. something just under the surface. Right, is, I wanted to, because you said this in your, in your cons, and I, I was right. curious how you're going to expand on this. So the movie is trying to make Paige into something like special, right? She is different than other wrestling characters she's different than you know she's not like other girls you might say um but she is ultimately just another traditionally attractive athletic white girl but you know in black makeup she she's basically the we've added dark mode to our stupid app instead of fixing any of our actual <laughs> problems of the wwe <laughs> um so sure you know she's talented and cool but her story and her story is fun and inspiring but the WWE picked Paige for the exact same reason it picks any of its stars, to sell tickets and to make tons of money. In that sense, she's a very normal and safe choice because she is marketable. Um, yeah, and there's actually a lot of stuff going on with Paige, the real wrestler. Um, like, she hasn't appeared, like, like anywhere officially in, um, since December 2017, I think, or maybe it was 2018. Uh, she just basically kind of disappeared from the um, from like the wrestling scene, and no one really knows what her role is. And she like kind of graduated the ranks, and now she's like a manager or, or something like well, that. Well, she retired early, right? Because she right. she had a career ending injury. Yeah, she had a really terrible injury. Um, but like you know, she sent she was a, like a wrestler and stuff, and she did all this stuff when she was young. But then you know, she kind of followed the normal track that. Lots of other wrestlers did. I, I don't find I can find any like evidence that she was really like breaking out into something different. There was something about the uh, women's revolution in um, that she was a, a part of, but it wasn't like she was really that different than anything that the WWE had put on before. Which is kind of what they're hinting at with this, like, oh, we want someone that's you know got something different going on, but. Let's be honest. She's she's really not, you know. She really fits the mold, uh, as far as anything else. Even though she looks slightly different than the other women in the movie. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I don't really appreciate the like, what's it? Uh, outsider face. You might say like uh -huh. she's pretending to be like oh like I'm like you know I'm not a traditionally attractive female. Like I represent people that aren't you know you know superstars or models or cheerleaders. Like. Mm. You are though. <laughs> you definitely still are. Which again, we could have just developed her character better in right. the ring and had a slightly more uh, interesting angle. But definitely, definitely. Okay, well, I think we've harped on that enough. Um, overall, I was impressed. I actually this this movie had a lot more than I expected, and um, it's another thing. I'm not much of a WWE watcher. I never have been, but I have a lot of respect for the WWE and just wrestling in general. Although. I wish they would call it something more specific. I know people that wrestle, like the, the, do the competition. That's like there's no fanfare at all. Right. It's just it's sweaty just silently, guys silently in a gym, yeah. two sweaty guys in spandex and weird helmets, like <laughs> grappling each other. Right, right. So I wish there was a distinction in uh, in Mexico. Uh, they call it lucha libre, yeah. which is very distinct from wrestling but it is literally it's basically wwe but in mexico and i i wish there was a distinction like that in english but anyways yeah. as we do at the end of every episode of apple chat we'll now deliver our ratings joey what rating do you want to give to fighting with my family i give it a 30 foot dive onto some tax oh man oh yeah that looks painful i can't believe they did that <laughs> i know he was really risking it all <laughs> Um, so okay so for my rating i give this movie well normally i would give a movie like this a 50 50 chance of winning but i'm a genetic freak and i'm not normal so you've got a 25 percent chance at best at beating me and then you add kurt ingle to the mix your chances of winning drastically go down 
See, the three-way at sacrifice, you've got a 33 and one-third chance of winning, but I, I've got a 66 and two-third chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 one-third chance minus my 25% chance, then you've got an eight and one-third chance of winning at sacrifice this Sunday. <laughs> I know that clip. That's awesome. <laughs> it's longer than that. I was like, okay, that's enough for me. <laughs> uh, so that is our conversation on fighting with my family. Joey, what's next on Affable Chat? We are continuing our Florence Pugh series with the movie Midsummer. Midsummer, um, which I've heard many things, good things about, but I haven't seen. Right. So I'm, I'm uh, really excited, and yeah, I'm excited to see where this journey takes us down the Florence Pugh path. Definitely. I've heard a lot of good things about it as well, but I haven't seen it. There are a lot of memes out there that I don't get that I'm excited to get as well as... Finally understand, yeah. Yeah, just you know, get to know the movie itself. Most of the reason why I consume culture at all today is to understand the memes. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Squid Games is a great example of that. It was a race against <laughs> yes. the memes. The memes are coming out at an unfathomable rate. I had to sit down and binge watch so I didn't get overwhelmed. So that's what's coming up next. Uh, but for now, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, then tell a friend about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Affable Chat, or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. You can also watch our videos on YouTube, where we engage in our own types of kayfabe. <laughs> Apple Chat is live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's twitch.tv slash Apple Chat. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. For Apple Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.